Hello, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, the Ringer is launching a new podcast feed called Boom Bust, a new hub for narrative podcasts documenting the rise and fall of companies, celebrities, and trends. Season one, hosted by our own Alyssa Bereznak, takes you through this spectacular journey of HQ trivia, the once $100 million industry-altering company turned disaster. Alyssa interviewed dozens of former employees, investors, journalists, and fans, bringing you the -the behind-the-scenes story of how HQ crumbled from within. Subscribe to Boom Bust HQ Trivia and check out the first two episodes out now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climate, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin! <laughs> Verno, how are you doing today, buddy? I am on cloud nine, Kevin. <laughs> Not only did we have a great Memorial Day weekend, but for those of you that are listeners to The Mismatch, on Friday... We had a question that came in, and it was asking about Luka Doncic and how good he could be. And I said, Kevin, at one point on this very podcast, you said that he could be a all-time great, a top 10 player. And you said, no, I didn't. And we got in an argument about it. I said, I'm finding this audio. Well, I didn't have to find the audio because one of my Instagram followers, Jack Springer, went and found the audio. Jack recognizes that I... uh, I have the memory of an elephant. You could call me Babar, if you will. Um, I knew this was said at some point. And in fact, on a podcast that we did on mid-season overreactions, Kevin O'Connor, you said the following on this very podcast. Luka Doncic has a chance to be on the NBA's Mount Rushmore by the time his career is over. Mount Rushmore, you can argue the four guys on there. I would say in no order, it's LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kareem, and Bill Russell. <laughs> Those four are probably the four greatest players of all time, in my opinion. I think by the time Lucas' career is over, there's a chance. We had Jerry West allude to this the other day, saying that Luca will be better than Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got to say real quick, guys, that was January 7th. Of 2020. So it wasn't even last year. It wasn't even thinking as far back. (laughs) Kev, you mentioned on the pod that you thought that there was something from before the season. Here's what you said. It was actually one week into the season when we were doing one week overreactions. Okay. My number four. I got Luka Doncic. I'm going to quote Jason Gallagher here at the ringer.com just when I talk about Luka here. Jason tweeted this yesterday. He said, it's just one game. So I don't want to overreact, but sophomore year Luka Doncic looks good enough to bring peace and healing to this broken <laughs> world of ours and possibly redeem all of mankind. Oh, Lord. That's what I would say. That Luka is an overreaction. Awesome. So NBA's Mount Rushmore and peace and healing and prosperity to humankind. Yeah, so we've got a global pandemic. Well, uh, <laughs> clearly, Luka can't can't save the world right now. But, um, you know, I, I was wrong, clearly. I don't have a great memory. I admit that. I've long known that and understood that. Uh, but I will say this. 
I said that during an overreactions pod days after Jerry West said he'll be better than Dirk. Well, uh, hold so on that, that was that that was part of the reason for saying that it was an overreaction. However, as I said on Friday's pod, what I did say before anybody else was really talking about it was that Luco is a top 10 player today. And that was something that on November 9th or whatever the date was when I first said that was something people said, really? You're overreacting to that? That was not an overreaction. Well, but I, wasn't I, w- I want to that. apologize too because I said top 10. <laughs> You said Mount Rushmore, which is I, I, I undersold. You had yeah. one of one yeah. of the best four players to ever play <laughs> basketball. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, even as an overreaction, that was a bit much. And as I said, I, I I'm sorry, Chris. I, I forgot. I made a mistake. So good. Hey, just ride with it now. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to you say you're supposed to say, damn right I said it. Well, we're kicking I mean, we're look, kicking look. Bill Russell off of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, those players in the fifties and the sixties, who knows how they uh, perform today. But that's a totally different conversation for a different day. There's so much oh to talk goodness. about today. <laughs> okay. Well, let's okay. So when we go through what happened over the weekend, uh on Friday there was a report that came out. Um, from Sean Sharania, Sharania from The Athletic, saying that the GMs had all been sent a survey. And so they were going to get their input. Now, obviously, the NBA has to negotiate with Disney World. The NBA has to negotiate with its own players union. The NBA has to negotiate with ESPN. And so it's not like the GMs are going to swing this all that much. But it is a good opportunity to check the temperature of hey, what do teams around the league think about different formats and a way that we could come back? I will say off the bat, your article this morning, I'm not saying this just because we had that first segment, your article this morning is incredible because I found it to be insanely persuasive. Um, I think... All right, let's go through the different formats and we'll just we'll start with what the GMs had to answer and we'll act as... GM. So Shams wrote this. According to multiple sources, the NBA, led by Silver, also held a conference call with GMs on Thursday in which several notable topics were discussed. A two-step approach to the start of games, meaning a two-week training camp in the team's market, two-week quarantine training camp in the playing location. It also discussed they also discussed players being resistant to the full navel swab coronavirus test. That was a portion of it. And then also they discussed once in the bubble site uh, that teams could share support services. So doctors, security personnel to lessen the number of people involved. Any thoughts on any of those first three things that they kind of covered? All feels reasonable and the type of thing we could expect moving forward. I think so too. Uh, Season formats under consideration. And you wrote a lot about these in depth today. So you've got advanced directly to the playoffs. That's one. And you would just have all the 16 teams, the standings based on March 12th, and 16 teams would go. You have a playoffs plus option, which would expand the number of teams with the opportunity to play, either holding a play-in tournament or replacing the first round of the playoffs with a group stage. Um, And then if there is a playoffs plus, how many teams should return to play? 18, 20, 22, 24. Resuming a regular season with all 30 teams, resuming a regular season with all 30 teams plus the play-in, and then the playoffs plus play-in 
format. So those were kind of the different ones that were discussed. Now, you wrote about the group stage, and it feels like to me, Kev, by the, when they're talking about getting this season back underway, it feels like there's no chance we're going to have all 30 teams and we're going to complete this regular season. Like I saw Windhorse talking about this on ESPN this weekend. Like that, the chances of that are very, very dim. So we are talking about less than 30 teams. It, 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 absolutely that this is most likely that in some way you go straight to some sort of playoff format. You also had Damian Lillard today tell yep. Chris Haynes of Yahoo that if the Blazers have to play again and that they don't have a shot to get into the postseason, he's going to be sitting right on the bench. Yep. And that is a belief, you know, a feeling that a lot of players on non-playoff teams have. Like, is it worth it to go through three or four weeks of training camp and quarantine and preparation just to play, you know, with no shot of the postseason? Because in that proposal, Shams mentioned that NBA sent to GMs was if the regular season were resumed, not to play 82 games, but 72 games or 76 games which is around six extra games for a team or 10 extra teams for a team. That's not enough for the Blazers or the Pelicans or the Spurs to make up ground on the Grizzlies for the eight seed in the Western Conference. It's right. pointless for right. the players to play at that point other than making up a little bit of salary. Uh, so it, in all likelihood, the NBA will go straight to the playoffs in some format. So it's about which one would it be? Okay. So you have the easiest is clearly just take the 16 yes. teams, the top eight in the West, top eight in the East, and then go play it out. But you outlined an entire scenario today about group stages, and this would include 20 teams being involved. So you would then have two thirds of the league is involved in this in some way, shape or form. And much like the World Cup. You And you even outlined all the way down to the random draws and that the best teams would be then able to pick their group that they would be in as to not be overly concerned with a group of death or something like that. So basically you would have uh, five different, or I'm sorry, four different, right? Five so, team so pods. Basically, you would take the top 20 teams with the top yep. 20 records. And you would place those teams into tiers or pots, which is something right. that is done in the World Cup. And that would be five tiers of four teams each. So the top four would be Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, and so on and so forth from top to the bottom 20 of the standings. And from there, you could do one of two things or maybe a third or fourth. But the two main ones are you could randomly draw one team from each tier into a group. And that is to best assure competitive balance within each group and minimize the chance that there's one way overpowered group in which like a major contender is getting eliminated. Or because these top teams, Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, all had the one and two seeds at the time the season ended, you could have them draft from these other tiers and have them select their opponents. And, you know, there's issues with that, but it's just another idea out there. And then... When Once the groups are determined, from there, each team would play the other teams in their group twice. So every team of the 20 would play eight games each, which would make 80 total games being played during this group stage. And then the top two teams, after that's over, from each group would move on to the second round of the playoffs with a traditional classic seven-game series resuming at that point. And in the, in the event of a tie, my understanding is that the number one tiebreaker would be best regular season record. 
So there's inherently a, an advantage for teams that were better in the regular season. If like, let's say the Bucks were in the same tier as the Kings and both of them go four and four, the Bucks would therefore move on into the playoffs because of better regular season record. Uh, and of course you go to standard tiebreakers with, you know, best head to head win percentage and all that. If regular season record were tied, but overall, Chris, I mean, I'm happy that you are into the idea of it because, you know, this is paradise. This is paradise for a basketball. You're talking about eight games a day. You're talking about, and you even mentioned the sports betting angle or or sports, some some amount of games a day, like whatever it is, like it it would be like two and a half weeks to three weeks of just basketball every day. And every game matters. And it would be like having league pass for everybody. You know, and the thing is, and the, here's the big thing to me. Look, I, you and I have went back and forth about the playing postseason tournament in which no. teams would compete for the seven and eight seeds. And I'm into that in a normal year. But this year, I'm not. And the number one reason is because of the fact that when you talk about giving these teams a chance to get into the postseason, because look, Memphis had the toughest remaining schedule in the league. That's just the facts here. New Orleans had the easiest. There is a chance the Pelicans would have caught the Grizzlies and grabbed the eight seed. However, however, there's also a chance that the Clippers and the two seed, who are only four games ahead of the six seed, could have slipped down too. There could have been shuffling within the Eastern and Western Conference standings that a play-in tournament doesn't account for. That's what a group stage does. A group stage accounts for the shuffling that could have occurred from the number one seed, well, not from the number one, but from the number two seed all the way down to the number 10 and the number 11 seed. And it adds more games in the process, which can help make up for what you're losing by canceling the regular season. Overall, I look at this and when I hadn't heard about this before Friday, but as soon as I heard of this, I was like, this is the one. And in my it is the one, Kev. It's the one. It's the one. And a lot of people in the NBA think it's the one too. But a lot of people also are like, is this too big of a change? I don't think so. I think it's no. doable. It's doable. Wait, 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 what are we talking about? Look, look, look. Our whole lives have changed. Everything has changed. If there's ever a time to do something like this, this is the time. And if you want to get, this is something that would get even the casual fan to be tuning in and to care about and to watch. And I think it could be the absolute best thing that ever happened to the NBA. And it may be something that you would look at going forward, you know, after this season, because a, you have more teams involved, right? So who cares? Like that, you know, there's going to be 20 teams involved. You have more teams caring about being able to get into this tournament, right? There's going to be 10 teams that aren't there. But two-thirds of your league is going to be able to get involved in this postseason, much like you were talking about soccer, right, and the way it works, where it's even the team that is in 21st, they're still they're still trying like hell because they want to be part of this thing to give themselves a chance. And so when you are looking for teams not just tanking games at the end of the season for the sake of the lottery, you, t- you have that in consideration. The other thing, more importantly, the matchups. You referenced last season, and you talked about how there was only like one game six, and you had a couple of sweeps, and then you even mentioned that this year, okay, we come back. Let's be fair. You and I are hardcores, so we're watching everything. Who the hell is watching Bucks Magic? I'm being, I mean, come on. Like, unless you're a hardcore NBA fan, but in your stated, you know, like say the Bucks are in a pod and they've got 
the Magic, or I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, the Mavericks are in their pod, or the Grizzlies are in their pod, or because there's going to be a little bit weaker. But you've got somebody from each tier, and all of a sudden, the Bucks are in the same tier as the Denver Nuggets. Now, all of a sudden, you're watching, you know, Bucks Nuggets. You're getting all these matchups that you would never get otherwise. And if I'm not mistaken, you're not leaving anybody out. Like, I get the whole Eastern Conference might not be happy with this, but the Magic would still make this thing, right? So you're not the only, it would just be basically those extra four teams in the are, West. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, by, and by the way, like, I, one of the things that I've heard is that Eastern Conference teams have already sort of pushed back about the idea of a group stage without conferences or the idea of a 16 team playoff without conferences as well. And, one of the reasons why would be because they don't want to give up leverage when it comes to future discussions about getting rid of conferences or reseeding in the postseason. I don't think that has anything to do with what is decided this year. No, I think, I think what is decided this year is totally separate from what happens in the future. It could serve as an example for what is best, but when you look at the Eastern conference playoff teams versus the Western conference playoff teams, there's not a dramatic difference between the top teams or the middle tier teams and the bottom tier teams that are in the postseason. There's just not. I mean, you could say the Blazers and the Kings and the Spurs and the Blazers are better than the Magic, but it's not such a dramatic difference right. that the Magic suddenly have a less chance now. They're screwed going against the Bucks, whether it's one versus eight in the East or one versus 16 conferenceless. I mean, it's just the reality of it. As you said, Chris, who's going to watch that if you're a casual fan? You and I will, because we're hardcore NBA fans, because of it's, because of it, it's our job, because it's something we choose and want to do. But for casual fans, look, the NBA needs to think about casual fans here and drawing them in. Ratings are going to be high no matter what. The match two this weekend set records. The last dance set documentary records for ESPN. NASCAR ratings are up. Sports ratings are going to be up, but if you want to make them go boom, do you want to have four straight games, maybe five if you're lucky, of Bucks Magic, or do you want to have a situation in which you have Bucks facing the Rockets one night, and then two nights later, they're facing Damian Lillard and the Blazers, and then another night, you have the Lakers hosting the Pelicans and Zion, be and then, another, then a couple nights later... They're facing Luka and the Mavericks. If you're the NBA, what do you want here? What is going to draw more eyeballs? What is, what is going to generate more interest for casual fans, for people who want to gamble? It's clearly the group stage. Far more than the 1-16 to playoff without conferences. Far more than the standard 1-8. to And as you said, Chris, this is a great point. Because this year is so weird for all of us, we're all so used to things changing. I mean, like... Jeff Probst with survivors streaming from his house for the finale. Ryan Seacrest and all the American Idol contestants streaming from their own homes, whether it's entertainment TV or whether it's sports with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, all mic'd up. We're used to weird stuff. And if the NBA wants to take any opportunity to try something new and innovative, that could be a big hit. It's right now. And that's the group stage. And here's the big thing, Kev. Uh, there are scenarios in which I could see somebody saying this is this is not fair, right? This is not fair in terms of bringing back 16 teams or trying to play in for those last couple of seeds, which I have said that's wildly unfair considering you're already 65 games in, right? And like somebody having to win 
you know, a couple of games when they were all at least back three and a half games from the Grizzlies or they were back in the uh, in the other conference. That's not that's not right. But who would this possibly I, I was trying to think, who is this unfair to? So let's say, OK, look, we ain't bringing back everybody. OK, so now we're just deciding, like if I'm if I'm trying to convince my my owners, my uh, board of governors, we're not bringing everybody back. OK, so. I get if the Easter Conference wants to be a little upset because they aren't getting the they aren't getting extra teams in the in the top twenty. Um, Sorry, the, Washington, you were five and a half yeah, back. The, Sorry, well, I mean okay. it's just it's just they they weren't top twenty. I'm with, I mean, I'm with and you, you could you you could do top twenty two or top twenty four, but then you're talking about buys, and then you're having Washington yes. and these other teams get back. I don't see the reason for them to train for four weeks well, in quarantine and then go into that tournament. It just doesn't make as much sense sense to me as twenty does. All right, so here's what I would say. All right, so the top sixteen are in, and then the four teams those end up being. Western Conference teams by virtue mm-hmm. of record. Okay. So if I'm talking to my board of governors and I'm saying, look, guys, we're not bringing back 30. We're either bringing back 16 or we're going to try this group thing. Look, either way, you're getting eight teams in. Either way. So you can fight this to not have four more Western Conference teams in the playoffs, but you're not, if we do it this way, if we do it the other way, you're not getting anybody else in anyway. So you're only getting eight teams. Either way we do it. So if you want to stop this from happening because you don't want these four Western Conference teams to be able to have a chance, then so be it, and we'll just do the 16. But I don't know, man. If, if it was a different year, if the standings look differently, I mean, you also have – you got two-thirds of the league. You know, this is why this is other, the other thing that I was thinking about that is smart. Two-thirds of the league is going to say yes. Because nobody feels like they're getting screwed, I don't think. Unless possibly, like, maybe, I don't know, Milwaukee or one of the Easter Conference teams well, sits Milwaukee there and Milwaukee would feel that way. Milwaukee, yeah, naturally, they have a matchup right now against Orlando. Of course it's easier they to want get to out face of the Orlando. East. No well, kidding, e- of course. And it's easier to but, get out of the East than it is having to play against everybody. But But, that, but that's why with the group stage, they're still the favorite. I mean, if you, if you, I talked to one guy who ran the numbers and he said that the odds of Milwaukee getting out of group stage are only significantly less than it would be under a normal one to eight series if you look at historical numbers. And for Milwaukee, I would say to them, what are the potential gains here of having 80 guaranteed must win games from 20 teams total? versus regular season in which you would have teams come back to compete for 72 or 76 games, which would increase risk. You would have players sitting. The perception of what the league would look like in Disney World, is it worth it to have only go straight to the postseason and have only an average of 44 games being played in the first round of the playoffs? I think the gains that come from a group stage are more than the risks. The risks of having 30 teams means you have 30 teams, many of which don't want to be there, makes them more of a risk naturally for some type of coronavirus outbreak happening within there. And that topples the whole operation. If you do 20 teams, that's a compromise somewhere in the middle where it is slightly more teams than having 16 go to the postseason. Slightly more. But it is teams that are locked in, that are in playoff mode, that are focused on the task at hand, and that have something to actually play for. And I look at that, if I'm Milwaukee, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm these teams with the one seeds, and I'm like, you know what? 
we might have a slightly lesser chance of advancing to the second round, but we're still pretty damn good. And overall, this is something that could be great for the league and for us overall. Not to mention, as I said, they would have inherent advantage because tiebreaker could be best record in the regular season. They would trump anybody else if there were a tie in the group stage standings. And you could also give them some type of edge when it comes to choosing teams for their group. I don't know if that would happen. My guess would be it would be a random draw. However, if you want to talk about drawing up interest, you know, whether it's a random draw or whether it's teams drafting their own opponents, that is going to be something that could be aired on television that could be drum up interest that could get people really plugged into the NBA more than ever before. You know, because even for hardcore fans, the traditional playoffs can be a bit stale in the first round. This is something that there's no chance, not a single day, wouldn't have one or two or three games that you got to be at your TV to watch live. Oh, if being like the World Cup, that's how I think of it in that sense. I'm not, I'm not somebody that watches soccer throughout the year. I don't watch the Champions League. I mean, I'll watch the Premier League here and there if it's on TV and I see, like, you know, somebody that I'm aware of uh, is playing or whatnot, but I'm not some huge soccer fan. I watch all of the World Cup. All of it. Like, I have and it I'm, on all day. All day I'm long. Not, it's on I'm TV. not a soccer yeah. guy. I watch the World Cup every time it's on. I watch all of these countries, all of these players. I, I end up listening to, uh, uh, you know, the Men in Blazers podcast throughout the World <laughs> Cup. Like, I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. and this has been like the last eight years. Every time it comes around, I find myself just deep diving into it. And then I watch these games and I want to hear about these games and I want to hear about these players. And I love those guys. Right. So I'll listen to their podcast and I'll listen to other world cup podcasts. And like, I immerse myself in it. And I think to myself, geez, man, could you imagine somebody that doesn't love the NBA, but this is going on all day long and they're showing the bracket and they're showing the standings. And here's one other thing, cause I, I don't want to forget about this that you mentioned in passing in the article, but I thought very, very fascinating. So one of the things you mentioned was with the, you, I, I was thinking about this through the prism of the TV stuff. You in this format, you guarantee everybody eight games. Okay. Everybody gets eight games out of this format. That would in most cases, the contracts for those RSNs, those regional sports networks, are 70 games. You would theoretically, if you could broadcast those on your regional channel, and obviously they'll be on national TV, but you have the right, much like you do in the playoffs at the very beginning, to show those as a local broadcast. And so if you got those first eight games, you could also fulfill that RSN contract in virtually every single market by having those eight games uh, just be available for people to broadcast locally. So now you've you've killed two birds with one stone. Whereas um, we've always kind of thought if you don't have the regular season, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to make that contract right. But this is a way you could make that contract right. And obviously, for the RSNs, it's a bonanza, right? Because they get their local broadcasters and their local shows to be able to do these as broadcast. Um, that's the other thing. And that's a lot of money, you know? Sure. It, and, and and like, that's one of the big things here is, is if you have 20 teams play eight games a piece, that's 80 games total. 
And in a traditional first round of the playoffs, going back to the first year, it moved from five games to seven games back in 03. The average amount of games played in the first round is 44, a maximum of 56. And so you're nearly doubling that for the first round. And you're dub- you might be very well doubling or tripling the amount of interest in these games as well because of the nature of the group stage round-robin format with teams playing each other, with every game mattering. Orlando being in there, you know, Kings, you know, Spurs, some of these teams that are on the fringes that are on the bubble, they probably won't advance. They probably won't. But Maybe there's not. A, there's, there's a chance, though, because you have eight games to play. You Maybe you catch a hot streak. And you never know, man. And by the way, even if you don't, it's a, this is what Adam Silver has been going for with a midseason tournament and with the playoff playing tournament is giving teams a chance to feel like they have something to win. Because even if you, we've talked a lot, Chris, about how even if you don't win the finals, you can still have great memories along the way. It's not just about the trophy. It's about the journey here. And for Orlando or any of these fan bases that might lose, if you win a game versus the Bucks in the group stage, a summer in which we're all going through this coronavirus pandemic and all of our lives are changing, that is something that, as a fan of the game, if you're watching with your loved ones or watching with your friends, that's something that you're going to remember for a long time. And I would hope that the league, and I believe they are, because they put it in the freaking survey, and I've heard there is support within the league, league office, but I hope this week... When it comes to the meetings that they're going to have, the advisory finance committee is meeting on Wednesday. The board of governors are meeting on Friday. I hope Adam Silver goes into those meetings and makes a strong case for this. Because as much as I love the idea of a 16 playoff format without conferences, this year just doesn't do it for me for the reasons we saved earlier. But this does, man. And I think it's a big, it's a, it's a bit of a risk, but it's not a significant risk. And it's something that the upside here is significant and beyond what I expected with the idea of experimenting this summer. And it's just it just clicks for me, man. And as it does the response to my tweet so far today, including your response here, Chris, a lot of people like this idea. A lot of people in the league do too. You even tried to present, you know, just because you do in an article, you even tried to present like... Concerns. I, I, yeah, concerns against it or downsides. Or, I see no downside. I'm not kidding. Like every one of those, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, what are your options? Like your option is, so you're an Eastern Conference team. Okay, your option is you still get your eight teams. Um, if you are, and 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 like I talked about, if you've got 20, you got two-thirds of the league that's happy with this. You got two-thirds of the league that's able to make right, uh, do right by their uh, RSN contracts. And so they can all broadcast these. 20, 20 of 30 are going to be able to make this right, right? And if if we're saying off the bat, look, guys, regular seasons, we're not finishing it. 30 teams, that's off the table. We're only discussing what is the best way to do this for the health of the league and for generating money and maybe something that can, you know, change our league forever going forward. I have I, look. And, and, and by the, the way, also also providing for fans a new, unique experience just to give fans something to latch on to and something to watch and to love. We've talked about that before. It's not all about the money here. It's about giving something to fans that's a new, innovative experience. What is the league doing if they're not trying to make the product better? 
What is it doing? Well, it's, and, not, and it's look, doing a disservice to its hardcore fans, and it's doing a disservice to casual fans who otherwise would become NBA fans if they had something to latch on to. This is something that's great for teams, for players, for coaches, for the league office, for business interests, and for fans. It's great for everybody. Well, and here's the thing. It's a weird year. It's a weird season. Might as well try it. And maybe this can be something. Maybe this isn't your format that you end your season with from now on, but it is the format for something you do in the middle of the season, right? Because I understand Bingo. this is hard. This, you can't be pulling this off traveling all over the country with the group stages or whatever. You're not going to, for the rest of time, I get it. You're not going to be doing this at neutral sites, but for this one off year, if you want to try this and you say, and this is going to be part of our format when we try this midseason tournament, uh, you know, uh, in, in years to come, which yeah, can maybe, be maybe maybe in future years, it's, it's it could be maybe in yeah. future years, it's it's ten teams instead of twenty, and Fine. maybe it's the top four advance to a, a knockout round where it's you know one game and you're out, and it's like, a it's a it's a two week process. You know, maybe that's what it is in the future. Look, and well, this because, is a way to experiment. Because here's the other thing, Kev. Like, all right, so one of the things is I get it. Like these teams make fortunes off of having their playoff revenue. They come in. So we're not going to change the playoffs forever in terms of playing seven game series and having the home games and having home court advantage. But for this year, nothing is going to be like it is nothing like you're playing on a neutral and you're playing in a place without fans and you're playing you're quarantined at friggin Disney World. Like nothing about this. Like <laughs> yeah. if, if you look at it like, like uh, asterisk or no asterisk. This season is never going to be like any other season anyway. So go with it. And like we're we're gonna look back and we're not gonna say, oh, you remember that unbelievable game? Like, you know, I thought about I saw over the weekend, um, it was the year anniversary of the Kawhi shot bouncing around the rim and dropping it against Philly. And you've got that crowd reaction, you got the whole thing, and like, okay, none of that's happening, right? Like, so we don't have that whatever are the replays, whatever we remember about this, it's not going to be the playoffs as we know it. If you want to get back to the playoffs as we know it next year, fine. But to do it this year, just for the sake of not changing, um, when you're already having to change literally everything else about the way this season ends, who cares? And you might as well make two thirds of the teams happy, right? And you also, there can, I, I just refuse to believe there is a basketball fan that sits out there and doesn't, like, if I laid out all of the options, who doesn't choose this? I'm, I was trying to think about this. Who? Yeah. Like, do, you do, know, can you, can you, you think of, it, I, I tried to think in my head, like the guy that's like responding, you know, on his <laughs> keyboard. What is he? Well, why wouldn't he want it? Maybe John Horst on his burner account, GM of the Bucks. My but that's best friend. about it, you know. But it was interesting when I first heard this idea. Like I said, my initial thought was, "This is the one." Yeah. And then I talked to people I trust in the league, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" You know, people from teams, and a lot of people were like, "Do you want my opinion as a fan, or do you want my pe- my opinion as an executive?" And that question would come from people who are already in the postseason or from Eastern Conference team executives. <laughs> but everybody from a fan perspective is like, yeah, no kidding. This is, this is the best choice here. Uh, 
putting on your executive hat, maybe it's a different conversation because of where your team is and the playoff seedings or what your hopeful is, what, what your hopes are for the future changes to the league. You might not want conferences teams if you're in the Eastern Conference, but support from the league was far stronger than I anticipated when, when I first read about this idea in Shams' article. I mean, I was told that the league sent this to general managers like around midnight Thursday night before Friday morning. Uh, and when this became public through Shams' article on Friday, I had, like I said, I hadn't heard about it. A lot of people in the league didn't expect Adam Silver to put this in there. I guess there was conversations, you know, rumblings that there was support for this, but they didn't expect Adam Silver to put something so extreme in there. Uh, in all likelihood, the 16-team playoff format is safer, as you said. It's less of a risk, but the the upside is just not there, man. I'm sorry. If you do conferenceless, if you do a 16-team a playoff without conferences, you get the Lakers-Nets first round, two versus 15. No KD, no Kyrie. I'm sorry. Lakers fans are going to watch that. Nets fans are going to watch that. LeBron fans are going to watch that, and that's a lot of people. But it's not going to do things for the casual fan who want to watch healthy star players who want to watch exciting games. But if you put the Nets in there in a tournament against other teams, you only get them for two games. Not for four, if you're a fan of another team. Just for two. More variety, more constant changes, more interesting matchups, less dullness that a typical format provides in the early rounds, even for some fans who are hardcore like you and I. Well, and that would be, look, I mean, you're not screwing anybody over. Even what you were just saying, okay, so obviously if they would be playing the Nets, Orlando does get screwed over, and you happen to be doing this whole damn thing at Disney World, so that's not great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, look, you earned your spot into the playoffs. You still get to make it. I don't, I, I don't think that's right. Like, I did, like, some of the matchups. Um, I in, the, in the one, the 16? Yeah, I like some well, of the well, matchups. Like with, so without conferences, this is what it would be. It would be Bucks Magic. Heat Thunder. That's the top left corner of the bracket. Top right, Lakers Nets, Jazz Rockets. Mm-hmm. Bottom left, Clippers Mavs, Celtics Sixers. Bottom right, Raptors Grizzlies, Nuggets Pacers. I mean, I, as hardcore fan, good. I'm, in, I, I'm into a lot of those matchups. Yeah, But do, I'll tell you what, bottom right sounds made for NBA TV to me. I'm sorry. Casual fans, are they tuning into Raptors Grizzlies? Are they tuning into Nuggets Pacers? I would hope so, but I don't think so if you look at history. Marcus Gasol's <laughs> return versus his former team, John um, Morant. Hey, hey How Chris, dare of you? course, of course. I'm with, you, I'm with you. I know, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Oh, like, Nuggets Pacers is on. That, that's on true TV. That's on a, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, But if you have Nuggets Pacers in a group stage format, you, you get them twice. No, you that's get them true. twice. I, I'm you don't well get aware. Him four times or five times or six times, and it drags along over through two and a half, three weeks. And you're seeing everybody play other teams, matchups yes. that you would never see in that kind of a format. That's what I love, which is like, dope, right? Oh, like, like imagine, some of the, ima- uh, imagine Damian Lillard, yeah, like let, in in the format that I outlined. This was yeah. randomly drawn. I used Google's random number generator to do this. So these would be a theoretical groups. Of five teams each. You could have group one, Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, Blazers. Group two, Lakers, Heat, Rockets, Magic, Pelicans. Group three, Raptors, Celtics, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs. Group four, Clippers, Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, Kings. Let's say that's what it ended up being from a random draw. For a bla- for the Blazers, 
they would have an opportunity to play eight games as, as a team that's a little bit healthier now with Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back, Damian Lillard hungry, ready to push this team into the postseasons. But in order to do it, they have to get through three elite defenses, the Bucks, the Jazz, the Sixers, with dramatically different styles on the defensive end of the floor from a strategic point of view. It would be just utterly fascinating to see these teams go game to game, playing every other day or whatever the schedule may be, making adjustments on the fly to these different types of opponents. You can say that about any single grouping here. Lakers having to face and contain James Harden and Russell Westbrook one day and then having to go to face Miami Heat with their positionless, quirky style of defense, playing zone against them. I mean, it's endless, man. Imagine if this happened today with a drawing, and it was in three weeks games are going to start. We would have non-stop, non-stop discussion about the possibilities. Whereas with the traditional format, it's really just a couple of series where you're like, yeah, that, that has a chance to go to seven. Hey, Chris, one second. I have to tell the listeners about today's sponsor. If you've been dealing with acne, redness, dark spots, or wrinkles, finding treatment that works can be complicated. You need skincare that actually performs, but getting started can be overwhelming. Thankfully, there's a solution. Roman makes it convenient to get customized prescription skincare that really performs. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If appropriate, a doctor will prescribe a custom blended treatment based on your skin type and priorities. You'll receive your custom skincare treatment with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you need to make a change to your treatment or if you have any questions. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA for a free online visit to start your new skincare routine today. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA. Eligibility requirements and additional terms do apply. And now back to the dispatch. It's almost like I wish you would not have written this whole article and brought this up because now if we don't get it, I'm going to be disappointed, right? Like, I, mean, I just want yeah. basketball to come back, yeah. but I, I just want it. And, and obviously, it is going to be coming back. It's just a matter of how. But now that I know this is out there, to me, it feels like an absolute no-brainer. I do have one question, though. You wrote this whole article. It's very persuasive to me. You've got me totally on board. I did wonder, though, even in your outline, and I know you're excited about this and you feel like this is the way to go. I feel like you did not, or I will just ask you, did you even consider the fact that under the plan that you outlined, you will not see Larry Nance play basketball until <laughs> next season? <laughs> uh, and, and now you know that what? I have I'll reminded you... Do you think you're going to go back and write a different article? <laughs> I'll have to reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> it's next year. Yeah, I mean, under your format, I don't get to watch Larry Nance until next season. <laughs> I, I, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure I'll be okay with it, but you, you have me think second-guessing this whole 3,000-word <laughs> article now. Yeah. Well, all right. It, it sounds like from all the reports I've read this morning, it sounds like Friday is the big day. Of this week. That, that's the Board of Governors meeting uh, in which Adam Silver, I've told, will present formal ideas to each team. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said earlier, I hope he goes into that room and makes a strong case for this one. Um, but my understanding is that he's going to, you know, without bias, present the formats that were in the GM survey. And I think that GM survey was to gather feedback. It's not necessarily a vote or a poll with what's going to happen. I don't think Adam, through this whole process, really cares what some of the teams are saying in the sense that everybody has their own incentive to have a certain opinion. If you're, like I said, if you're the Bucks, you don't want want it to change. You want to face Orlando. No kidding. You know? But I do think he is at least gauging uh, the hunger and the appetite people have for something new. That's one if team, the, though, Kev. That's one team. I know. Okay, I, know. I get it. We I can keep on bringing up the Bucks versus Orlando. Yo, you're going to have to beat people to get to where you want to get anyway. You know? We're talking about yep. one round. Your second round yep. matchup ain't a picnic. Look at who they're going to face in a 4-5. No could, kidding. You no could matter argue. What, no, no matter what it is. You could argue this turns out better for them. You could. Because who's 4-5 right now in the East? As it stands, because I think Philly's now Miami, six, right? Miami, Indiana. Miami, Indiana. Okay, you're playing Miami. And, I and by the way, by the way, like the group stage, I don't think I said this earlier, but the group stage, you could still get the benefits of doing a conferenceless 16-team format, f- format with this because you would reseed after the group stage. Yep. And you could give the Bucks the lowest remaining seeded team Fine. because they had the best record. You could give the Lakers, if they advance, the second worst remaining seed. You could you could make that part of it here to build in these advantages that these teams did earn under the traditional format. The Bucks and the Lakers, these teams that are essentially locked into the one seed, I understand their gripes that they could have. Um, but at the same time, as you just said, Chris, it could work out better for them. And, and you, get shake the, out. you get the Cinderella thing, Kev. Yep. You do. Yep. You get the Cinderella thing. If, if somebody did knock out the Bucks or somebody did knock out the Lakers early, okay? Like, you can say, okay, in the long run, that not, might not be the best thing to happen, but could you imagine what the sports world would be like if you're saying, let's say the Kings are in that same, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But let's, yeah. Just, let's just say they're in that pod. I mean, it's hell. like game eight, game eight, Kings, Lakers, Lakers need to win or they're out. <laughs> right. And, and Marvin Bagley's healthy now, Kev. He's had, he's had three months and he just dominates them. Just dominates he's, he's, them. He's, dro- he's dropping 24 no. points and 12 rebounds a game. But you know, Fo- this. Fox is getting 20 and 10. <laughs> we, well, and we live this life during the summer with the world cup in the years that it happens where it's like, Oh my God, Germany's, on the ropes or what, whoever it very yeah, well yeah. may be, right? And next thing you know, it's 10 a.m. on a friggin' Wednesday and everybody's at work and starts getting texts and runs to the office TV yeah. to flip on, yep. you know, Kings Lakers at yep. noon to watch the end of the game because, oh my God, somebody could get knocked out. And, oh, I mean, I just think, I think people would go absolutely bananas over this. I, I see it. Me too, man. And you mentioned the timing of games that this is a sort of shift in topics here. But one of the things brought up to me is like, well, maybe it could be difficult with scheduling East Coast versus West Coast. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have maximum flexibility here. If you need need to flex a game into prime time, you can do that two days in advance. It's not a problem to flex games here. It's pretty simple with the neutral site. You could adapt to what the most interesting games are and slot them into the appropriate time slots. I mean, 
up and down the board, up and down the board. This format provides maximum flexibility, maximum interest, and it's the fairest because it's what addresses the shuffling that could have happened in the top eight with the standings, and it addresses the teams that were on the playoff bubble, the real playoff bubble in the Western Conference. Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, and San Antonio would at least have a shot to get in for Memphis. But everything else also stands, too, with the amount of shuffling that could have occurred. I mean, this checks every box for me with what I would hope for for the NBA this summer. And I would bet it checks a lot of boxes for fans who otherwise wouldn't have cared, but now would. All right. Well, let us pray that Adam mm. Silver, you know, reads your article and listens to the pod as we are. <laughs> I, look, it might be called the mismatch, but we are a thousand percent on the same page on this. I mean, is a this, thousand percent. have we have we this agreed is the moment. more? This have is we the agreed moment. more than ever than no. we have on this podcast? This I don't is, think so. This is the moment. I don't. You know what I mean? This is the moment. The, no, truthfully, we're, because we're, we're, the, we're the match three, right? No. We had the match two this weekend. We're That's the match right. three. That's yeah. right. This would be just, I, 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 I said it earlier. I would be disappointed now, <laughs> like if it doesn't happen. Like I would feel underwhelmed with just starting up the playoffs. Eastern Conference plays theirs. Western Conference plays theirs. I mean, look, it. I'm the guy, as are you. I'm watching whatever the hell you put on. I will watch Bucks Magic, but I certainly I'll give you I'll give you for instance. My son is an NBA fan. He loves it. He's 10 years old. He ain't watching that. He's going to go play Fortnite. And then he's going to ask me when, you know, another game is on, when the you know Boston and the Sixers is on or whatever. Like he ain't watching that. And I think that if you put this together I don't know who wouldn't watch. Seriously. It's not that I would be disappointed if the NBA goes with the traditional 16 team format as it is. I'm not, it's not that I'd be disappointed if they do it without conferences because basketball being back, if it's safe and, and it works would be awesome. It would be really special to watch this summer, no matter what it is. However, I would be disappointed if the reason they didn't do something innovative like this or didn't do something different like the group stage I'd be disappointed if that's because they were afraid or they got cold feet of doing something different because all this talk this past week, you know, from talking heads, you know, we got asked about it too, about should there be an asterisk this year? I think that's such garbage, man. I mean, do the nineties Rockets get an asterisk because Michael Jordan was away playing baseball? No. Do the 98 Spurs because there was a a 50 game regular season? No. Did the 2012 Miami Heat because of a 66-game lockout shortened season? No. Did the Raptors last year because KD and Klay Thompson were out? No. There's always circumstances. It's goofy. It's silly, and it's really maddening. And if that conversation from media, which is dictating the way certain fans feel and certain fans think, and the way certain teams feel and the way they think, if that is the reason why the league decides, you know what, we're going to stick with what we know, I'd be disappointed about the process of the mindset there. I'd be happy to have basketball back, but I hope the league looks at this without bias and without concern because we just saw earlier this year, and this is a far you know lower level here, but the three weeks leading up to the All-Star game was people trashing the idea of the Elam ending. Oh, it's confusing. This is silly. Last year's All-Star game was fun. Why don't we just stick with that? You know what? They could have, but the, what they did was they tried something new 
And as it was happening, people were like, this is the greatest all-star game I've ever seen in my freaking life. And now people want it every single year. Some people are taking it so far as to say, why not make this the summer league ending? Why not use it in the G League? Why not experiment with it further? With the NBA this summer, what's happened to the world is horrible. But the NBA also has an opportunity to just experiment with something new that's great for fans and could be great for the league. And I'll be disappointed if they don't at least take this very seriously because this is something that could be great for the long term, if not just great for everybody this summer at a time people want sports to give them something that makes them happy. I think the one thing that we could put real hope in, though, Kev, is it, Silver has been willing. Silver has been a guy that thinks outside of the box, and he has been willing to change things. You know, we, they just changed, like you were talking about, okay, something as simple as the All-Star game. Be not dismayed. It was a year ago. The lottery changed completely. The lottery changed completely. Mm-hmm. That, like, for, the, and, for the better. And, and yep. look at what happened. I mean, it ended up with the Pelicans getting number one and the Grizzlies getting number two, and neither of those teams were the teams that had the best chance. In other seasons, they would have had a much, much, much lower chance of getting the uh, getting in the lottery as they did. And so things have changed and things have evolved um, over the course of even the last couple of years. I don't think, you know, you even mentioned in the article about something he had said in Paris, you know, and, and, and things that he is a fan of. And he, they they brought up all these ideas of midseason tournaments and they've changed the lottery and they changed the all-star game. So because of him being in the leadership position, I I feel like a lot of leagues sometimes are just do what we know. Let's. I think he is always trying to figure out a different way to do stuff. And so because he's the leader, I actually feel like, this is real. Like, this ain't Roger Goodell doing it. And baseball has effed up everything because this could be their time right now. It really could. If they would have had their ish together and they could have all gotten on the same page, they could have owned this. The NBA now has a wide open door to just own the summer completely in sports. That's part of the reason that the World Cup, like when you when you're talking about it earlier, it's the thing going on in the summer. That's part of the reason I get so into it. It's the thing going on. Well, you have the opportunity to be the thing going on. Now make it the most entertaining it could possibly be. The NBA has never experienced anything like it, and no. I, I'm, I'm hopeful it happens, and this week will determine a lot of whether it does or doesn't. I hate this podcast. It's just me and you sitting there agreeing the entire time. <laughs> Say something I don't agree with. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's actually kind of funny. It's kind of funny having a pod where, we go. where you and I just are going back and forth. Maybe agreeing, the world really agreeing, is coming agreeing. to an end, Kevin. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, this is, this is a sign a, of the apocalypse here. Only yeah. in a global pandemic can we come together. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, hope, hey, Bobby, do you love this idea? I, I do love this idea. I don't love oh. the... I don't love the swirl of media takes about how when the Lakers win, this title won't count for LeBron towards his sex to catch up with him. Ridiculous. But that, that's definitely going to happen. But as long as you can ignore that part of it, I love the idea. I'm and a big way, World that, Cup guy as well, Chris. That, that asterisk talk is going to happen no matter the format. 
It's going to yeah. happen no matter what. People like media is going to bring it up. Oh, LeBron deserve an asterisk. It's the stupidest thing to even talk yeah, about. I mean, I can't, I can't stand it. Like, I, I get sick <laughs> and tired of hearing about it. I, I think it's toxic. I, I think it is just misleading toxic. fans. I can't stand it, man. Not just for LeBron, but anybody. I hated it last year with Toronto, too. It was stupid. Yeah. Teams deal with the circumstances that they're dealt. And every team was dealt the same hand here with this pandemic that's happening. And if you're going to talk about asterisk talk for one team or any team that wins the championship or that's in the finals, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's a waste of breath. And, and I wish that energy and those breaths and that thought was going to something more productive and not asterisk talk. I can't disagree. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I agree. What's going agree. on in there? I, I know. It's, Kevin, it's, it's, Kevin, say it's, something about Brooke Lopez, dude. No, you no, just, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's get I out of here. I, no. I hope Memphis and, and Milwaukee get in the same grouping, Chris. <laughs> get to see John Morant running pick and roll, Jaron Jackson popping. Hey, What's hey, Brooke you, Lopez going to do? He's going to you know drop. That, you know what that is? That's That would be student versus the pupil. Ooh. Because Taylor Jenkins was Ooh. his right-hand man. Ooh, that'd be right? good. That'd yeah. be good. Yeah, it would be good. Oh, All I'm right. into it. Thanks to everybody, as always, for listening to another episode of The Mismatch. Everybody get with the movement of the uh, group stages. <laughs> yes. And hopefully, hopefully, look, the NBA has been very responsive to its fans over the years. And hopefully they see a groundswell of support uh, for this. I, I'm being honest about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I really want to know, like, tweet at me, tweet at Chris, yep. tweet at Bobby, tweet at the NBA. And share your thoughts because the NBA, Adam Silver has said this himself. He has said this himself. He cares about, you know, getting feedback and thoughts and opinions from anywhere. Yep. And so if this is something that you like or if it's something you don't, um, make your opinion and your voice be heard. Thanks to Bobby Wagner, as always, for producing another episode. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review. Uh, five stars, five stars. It really helps. Kevin, I will talk to you on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, Chris.